A lot of curious things have happened today. This morning, John Wynne left the head of some sort of beast I'd never seen before on a stake right outside of my bedroom door. I would like to think that this was a sort of gift, and I didn't want to hurt his feelings, so I decided I would leave the putrid, fly-infested cranium displayed at least until I returned home from town later today. It surprised me only slightly when I stepped out of my room this morning. Most surprising was the creature's complete lack of resemblance to anything that I've ever known to exist. The beast's eyes were large and bulbous and protruded far out of its skull. Its skin was leathery and black, with only few patches of very long jet black hair. Its tongue lolled out of its mouth between very long and sharp teeth that stuck up over the beast's top lip, giving it a nasty underbite. Part of the beast's appearance could very well be attributed to the fact that the creature looked like it had been bludgeoned to death mercilessly with a large, blunt object. I grabbed a can of Thai tea from the fridge this morning before I headed out to town. When I stepped outside, the air was hot and humid and hit me full in the face. The smell of sea salt was permeating and the sound of the waves throwing themselves up against the rocky cliffs was deafening. Tonight's storm was brewing. I hopped in my small red truck, which smelled, as per usual, like a damp attic, but today the smell had an underlying tinge of rotting flesh. This is probably because my hair had absorbed some of the odor from John Wynne's gift. I pulled back my hair and this did seem to help some. My truck rattled down the narrow gravel path and lurched over the edge of the cliffs as I took the first turn. The wheels overhanging the edge spun threateningly for a moment and the tires threw small pebbles down off the cliffs and into the churning sea below for just a brief moment before they regained traction and continued along the path again. This happened every time I drove to town. The path to the cliff house was just wide enough to accommodate a truck, but in spots the trail had worn thin and hunks of the narrow path have fallen into the ocean and for this reason I never drive above five miles an hour until I cross the bridge over the narrow strip of sea between the rock outjut that houses my cabin and the rest of the mountain range. The town of All Hollows is very reminiscent of the pre-collapse era. This is one of the things I really enjoy about it. The downtown is very small and only has a four-way. The streets are made of red brick. There is a gas station that sports semi-antique neon signs that are stolen from a strip club and has a street lamp that is eternally flickering. There is a grocery store which, as all stores post-collapse, has been renovated to sell ammunition and scavenged canned goods. And there is a library. Aside from this, all other buildings are reinforced with barriers and are in various stages of falling into rubble. These buildings are undoubtedly being used for bunkers or hideouts. I had multiple stops to make today, and first on my list was the grocery store. The grocery store is run by a young boy of about 14, so he would have had to been about four at the time of the collapse. You can always tell who grew up post-collapse. They're quicker and more diligent than the people who are adults and likely had to watch their developed lives turn to shambles right before their very eyes. No, this generation is different. They can pull a gun on you casually with one hand on the trigger without dropping the comic book from their other. This is their normal. The small bell above the door jingled as I stepped in. The kid looked up. Yeah, he said. I'm just here to get a few things, I explained. He nodded and shuffled around in a drawer for a moment before pulling out a shotgun. This is common procedure in most grocery stores as far as I've seen. Go ahead. He stepped from behind the counter and moved to follow me around the store with the barrel aimed directly at my face. I pulled a can of green beans off the shelf and inspected it. How much? I asked. He sized me up. How much you got? He said boredly. A nickel. I lied, but I planned to get a few cans. Liar! 
Um, when you came in, I heard change shift in your pocket, so you have at least two coins. Yeah, I have two dimes. He nodded. Four cents. Two? Three. Deal. We continued. So, I asked, attempting to make conversation. Where do you stag all your stuff? Why don't you just mind your own business, okay? Alright, bud. How much? I held up a can of chopped sweet potatoes, which I've gathered to be John Wynn's favorite food. Two cents. I nodded. This interaction was all very typical, except for as I went to checkout. I bent down to grab a dime from my pocket, and as I did, the boy gasped. Where, where did you get that? He was referring to what was a small cut on my forearm yesterday, but I had realized then that the cut had grown and become fluorescent, blue. Um, I'm not sure, I said honestly. Fear flashed across the boy's face then. This was the first time I'd seen him be anything other than bored or angry. Well, where are you from? Over the mountains, I said, trying to remain vague. Don't come back here till that heals, please. Then he pressed the tip of the gun to my forehead. Please, just get out of here, take your shit, just go. And with that, I left the grocery store. My next stop of the day was the local library. At this point in the day, storm clouds had swelled like dark and foreboding ticks in the sky. I pulled a strip of gauze from my glove compartment and tied it tightly around the gash in my arm before entering. I stepped into the library and was overwhelmed by the musty smell of the carpet. Small clouds of dust curled up at my feet as I walked, and I was reminded fleetingly of that one character from the old peanut comics my parents used to read. The entire building had no windows and an eerie glow. I approached the librarian, who was a white woman with frizzy hair, and she was slouching lazily in a swivel chair at the front desk. Excuse me? She looked up from her romance novel. Yeah? I I'm looking for a book. Yeah, what kind of book? A book on beasts that live around the area? Why would you be looking for a book on beasts? Because this morning there was a beast and its head was on a stake outside my bedroom door? She glared at me like I was crazy. I don't know of any such kind of book. You know, like the beasts that are leathery and they have big protruding eyes and their teeth come up over their bottom lip. Have you seen something like that around here? I ain't seen nothing. And if you is looking to learn something, you best walk out of the library. So you can't help me find a book on beasts? She stood up and placed both her pudgy hands on the front counter and leaned in towards me. Let me clarify things for you. I could help you, and I can help you. I nodded encouragingly. But I don't want to. She sat back into her swivel chair and placed the novel back up onto her fat stomach. I had never met a librarian so hell-bent on depriving the public of knowledge. She scoffed as she went back to her novel. I had just turned to leave when I heard a psst from around a bookshelf and a ghost of a girl motioned me over to her. I followed her and took a seat across from her at the desk she had been sitting at. I didn't mean to listen in. This was very obviously a lie, as the front desk was three shelves from where the girl was stationed, so she must have gotten up to listen when she heard me open the front door. You were at the grocery store today. The girl breathed heavily and eyed me with wild excitement, like a child opening a present. 
Uh, yeah? I sat silently for a moment, across from the palest human I had ever seen. The girl had long, fluttery, straight white hair and gray, round, saucer eyes. I generally have a pretty accurate character read, and initially this girl sent up no red flags, but a chill had run through me in that moment, as the idea hit me that she might have been following me, which is never a good sign. How'd you know? I asked warily. The change. In your pocket. I heard it. This generation was scary good, but I was relieved to discover she hadn't been following me. People don't carry money around here unless they're buying something, and there's only two places here you can buy, and that's the gas station and the grocery store, and you don't smell like gas. She took a deep breath through her nose. <sighs> Was Tyrone working? Um, I'm not sure. Black boy, about my age? Uh, yeah, how'd you know that? Hand sanitizer. I smell it. Most people don't think it's necessary, and it's hard to come by. You don't strike me as a neat freak. No offense. None taken. I looked at my hands, which were filthy, and still had yesterday's slime residue crusted on them. Anyway, Tyrone's a bit of a neat freak, and that's what I like about him. He's very cute, and his box cut is very cool, don't you think? Uh, sure. So, why'd you call me over? The name's Luli. Nice to meet you, Luli. <laughs> it's a funny name, don't you think? I made it up myself. Luli might be what some people consider infuriating, or at the very least very annoying, but I tend to enjoy anyone who just wants to talk with no intention to harm me, even more so nowadays when people are so hard to come by. I looked at Luli's collection of books that sat beside her. Most were on weaponry, the rest were on world history. You read a lot. It's all I do. I'm here all day, and this is my second time reading these. She held a book up to my face, and I think I can help you find the book that you need. That would be great. She leaned in closely and whispered intensely, I'm the secret librarian. This town is full of secrets, and you won't crack a one of them talking to that hag. Here, Lily handed me a Greek mythology book titled Horrific Mythical Beasts. I believe you'll find what you need in here. I looked up at her skeptically. Trust me, and don't be afraid to drop by if you need anything else. I stood up to leave. Oh, she caught me by the arm. Tell Tyrone I have the book he needs. Um, sure. I remembered then that I had been banished from the store. Tyrone banned me from the store today. Strange. Tyrone generally only feels apathy. One of the things I love about him how did you manage to upset him? There's this gash on my arm. I motioned to the bandage, trying to be vague, afraid of inducing a similar reaction. And this dripping fluorescent blue ooze. How pleasant. Yes, yes, this is certainly the book that you need. You know what the cut is from? Tsk. Everyone always wants me to just give them the answers. Read, 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 and discover the answers for yourself. And with this, I was shooed away. I'm lying in bed now, a few pages into the mythology book, and I still haven't found what I need. The storm outside is roaring, and I've already had to stuff a few holes with towels where the wind has blown off paneling. 
The strangest thing today is that I still haven't seen John win, and I'm really worried about him in the storm. Anyway, tune in next week and you'll hear from me if I'm still alive.